www.thelikeok.church. Anybody excited in God's house today? Beautiful day. So happy to see all your bright, smiling faces. And I want to celebrate with you really quick, guys, because last Sunday night was our annual fall fest. And I was super bummed out because it was going to be raining and nasty and cold and I was going to cancel. And then I just said, man, let's just see if the expo will partner with us. And they did. They were so gracious to allow us to host the Fall Fest at the expo. And, man, we wanted to go big this year. We really wanted to to impact the community. And um, so at 6.30 last Sunday night, uh, the expo has the ability to ping cell phones and tell you how many cell phones are in the room at one time. And would you believe it that at 6.30 last Sunday night, there were 3,600 cell phones in that room. My goodness. And that doesn't count all the little kiddos. I mean, there's over 4,000 people there. So I want to say a humongous thank you to everyone that served, that sacrificed, that gave. What an incredible, awesome night. I mean, just so many so many people invited to church. It was beautiful, guys. You're, you're amazing. Give yourself a hand this morning if you would. Uh, you're in for a treat today. Uh, I was supposed to be in the Middle East preaching this morning, and a lot going on over there, and Pastor Frankie had heart surgery last week. He was supposed to be going with me. Pastor Frankie is doing amazing, by the way. Praise God. They were going to do three bypasses. They actually did four bypasses, but, I mean, the next day that guy was up and after it, and he's actually preaching at a church next Sunday. I mean, you just can't keep that dude down. He's he's something else. So, uh, But the Lord does work in mysterious ways, and um Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of relieved that I'm not preaching this morning because my heart's just not in a good place. Uh, I said some things yesterday towards the television that I'm not proud of saying. I got some attitudes and some heart issues. and I'm So, so I, I'm, I'm processing this. The Lord's working on me. I, I have some repenting still yet to do. And I just want to know that, that you people didn't help in that process whatsoever. Uh, because about 6 o'clock last night, my phone is literally blowing up. Uh, smoke coming off of it. I'm getting so many texts and calls. And uh, initially, I mean, they, they started somewhat acceptable, you know, like, how about them Sooners, yada, yada, yada. Jerry Smith calls me. Uh, I don't answer it. I, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit said don't answer it because he had nothing good to say. I, I literally felt like Nehemiah, like, I'm not taking the, I'm not coming off the wall, Jerry Smith. I'm doing a good work. But it just kind of escalated from there. Uh, one of our dear older members, Tom Fagald, you've, you've seen him at the front door. He's like 80 years old, the kind of sweetest old man. He's so sorry about your Sooners, not really, Pastor Mark. And I replied cordially. I'm being pastorly. I said, yeah, Tom, that's a hard pill to swallow, to which he replies, well, just swallow harder, Pastor. <laughs> really? few minutes later, somebody texts me and says, Pastor, the Lord's speaking to me this evening. And initially, I'm like, well, praise God, that's wonderful. I just heard the Lord say, pistols firing in still water. Like, man. And then it just really, the gloves just really came off when my dear friend Josh Landry texts me. Just two words, pretty straight to the point, suck it. (laughs) And then I see later on Facebook, he posts a picture of his living room. Look at what his wife was doing during the game. She's so happy she put her Christmas tree up, man. Three weeks before Thanksgiving, just jolly as can be, just 
loving. So I, I was trying to process all this and try to get some sleep last night. It's hard for me. It's hard for me. And um, I was doing okay. I got here early this morning like I always do. And, man, I'm praying that God's going to move in this place and hearts are going to be touched. And I'm trying to be spiritual. And I walk up on this stage and I look in the back of the room. Would you look what's hanging from our catwalk? So my mind's just right, like who would do such an atrocity? And then I remembered we have security cameras in this room. And look at them climbing up there. That is George Watkins and Brad Smith. Look at them. Just having the time of their life crawling up the stairs. Now they're just admiring their work. They're happy. Look. And then, now I've never seen George walk so, so jollily in his life. He, he's skipping up here on stage. And I thought, what in the world was George doing on stage? Well, then I come to my podium where I preach the word of God. I mean, this is like a holy place. Here's a picture of a cowboy strangling Sooner with a nice little note addressed to me that says, what did God say to you this morning, pastor? And it finished it by saying, who's your daddy now? So... Congratulations. If you're going to dish it out, as hard as I dish it, you got to take it. And I have taken that, all, all that and then some. I mean, it's a, can, we, can we call a truce at this point, like a ceasefire? Uh, but you, you are in for a treat this morning. Like I said, I was supposed to be gone, and I found I canceled my trip. And um, Chris said, do you just want to preach? And I said, no, man, you, you, you've been preparing. And, uh, uh, you know, Chris is one of the most talented, anointed people that I've ever met in my life. Uh, not only is he like the world's greatest youth kids pastor, uh, he's an author, he's a singer, he's a songwriter, he's a, uh, I wanted to tell you there's some of his books out front for sale over the next several weeks, uh, Blade Children, this is a, a fictional book, helps, helps kids understand like the spirit world and what's going on, and here's a God Times, 52 weekly lessons for kids built off of some of his sermons, this is a, a phenomenal book, uh, it's called Beloved. It's 40 weeks that goes right along with the 40 weeks of pregnancy. This beautiful dialogue that exists between the infant child and God. And just, it's, it's a very, very cool book. And, but my all-time favorite book that Chris has ever written, and I love some Christmas, but Chris wrote That Special Night. And uh, if you've never read That Special Night, every family needs to own this. You need to read it to your kids at Christmas time, your grandkids. It's a twist on the, the, uh, uh, the night before Christmas. But, man, it's it's this beautiful connection between uh, Jesus, obviously the real reason for Christmas, and um, Santa, and he gives his heart to the Lord, and it, it's beautiful. You know, <clears throat> there's a passage very unique in the New Testament. When Jesus went back to his hometown, Scripture says this, that Jesus couldn't do very many miracles there because they didn't honor him. And think, think about, I mean, this, this is the Son of God. This is the Messiah. And Scripture doesn't say he wouldn't do it's not like he didn't have the desire to do so. He couldn't do. Like what in the world could handcuff the Messiah, the Son of God, the, the, the uncreated one? Like what handcuffed him? A lack of honor. He couldn't do what he wanted to, to do in that town. And, you know, we have lots of different preachers and big-name folks come through. And, you know, when Pastor Tommy Barnett comes, man, we stand and we cheer. And when Luke Barnett comes, woo, we and. Frankie Powell and whoever else up in this pulpit, man, we, we cheer and we celebrate. But if we're not careful, 
we're going to miss out on the incredible blessings that God has for us with some of the unbelievable men of God that God has placed right here in this church every single week. Come on, somebody. Man, it's not just, ugh, ugh, Mark's preaching again, ugh, ugh. Pastor Chris is preaching. No, we have the unbelievable privilege of hearing a word from one of the most creative, one of the most talented, one of the most anointed, one of the greatest communicators, one of the greatest leaders that I've ever met anywhere on planet Earth. Would you stand your feet this morning and give it up for the one, the only, Christopher Meek. You guys are incredible. Wow, hey, 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 while you're standing, give it up for Jesus in this place. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh, thank you guys so much. You may be seated. Oh, so no pressure. Don't suck. Got it. Okay. Man, I'm so glad you guys are here today. I get the privilege of wrapping up a sermon series Mark started two weeks ago. And if you're brand new here today or you're watching online, I just want to say welcome home. I hope we don't scare you off, okay? It's a lot of fun here. We really do love each other and we love God. If this is your second time back, glad you're here. If it's your third time back, you're already family, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, Pastor Mark started this two weeks ago, and the first thing he talked about of giving with all your heart is to give your time. Someone say your time. And he talked about how time is something we ain't going to get back, so we have to spend it wisely. The last week, Pastor Mark talked about giving with all your heart your treasures. Someone say your treasures. And he talked about this wonderful illustration of there is a uh, spout back here that gives water, but he had a water hose attached to it. And how many of you guys know that the water hose doesn't give water unless it's attached to the source? Is that correct? And he really, really hit home that God is our source in everything. It's not the almighty dollar. It's not Uncle Sam. It's not your boss at work. But God is your source. And when you as that hose is connected to that source, God can flow through you as a resource. But you can also turn that hose to either release that source that God blesses you with to be a blessing to others. Or you can be selfish and hold it back. So it was a really powerful message. If you sat on the front row, you were in the splash zone because you got sprayed last week. So no spraying today, no spraying today, but I do want to share something special with you guys today that God just uniquely puts on my heart. It's something that I feel very strongly about. If you've been here for the past five years, you may recognize some things up on the stage. If you haven't been, you're in for an awesome treat. So I'm glad you guys are here. Matthew chapter 25 is where I wanna to start today. Matthew chapter 25, and uh, I want to be a little teachy before I get a little preachy. Is that okay with you guys? I'm going to be some teachy before some preachy. Basically, because I really do enjoy telling people about the Word of God and building a solid foundation so they have something to stand on, so that they can understand it here, so they can receive it here. And so um, let me just teach you really quick of what I'm about to read to you in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus was uh, really famous for a lot of things when he was on this earth. He was doing miracles, signs, and wonders. But one of the things he was famous for was telling stories. Does anybody know what they're called? Parables, you guys are awesome. Parables is just a fancy word for a story within a story that holds a deeper spiritual meaning. So Matthew 25 opens with a parable and immediately Jesus goes into a second parable. And that's where I wanna pick up this morning is Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. I wanna read the whole thing. So again, I can build this foundation of where we're gonna go for the rest of our time together this morning. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Well, then he went away. 
He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. Now I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master, AKA, let's celebrate. He also, who had received two talents, came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I've made two talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. Now I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master, AKA, let's celebrate. But he who had received one talent came forward saying, Master, I, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scatter no seeds. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you go, here's, here's what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Well, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers so that at my coming, you should have given back what was mine, but with interest. So take that talent away from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who's not, and even if he has still a little, it will be taken away and cast that worthless servant into the outer darkness, into that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Today, I'm not gonna talk to you about giving with all your heart, your, your time or your treasures. Instead, today, I wanna talk to you about giving your talents. Someone say, my talents. Now, the deeper spiritual meaning behind this parable that Jesus is talking about is the same as the first one in Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus puts himself as that master in the story. Jesus is the master. He went away for a long time, AKA he ascended into heaven. How many of you guys are grateful that we serve a risen savior? Not dead, he's alive. And just like in this story, one day he is coming back again. But when he comes back, he's gonna look at his servants to see have they been a good steward of what he has given them. And I know that we can kind of talk about what a talent is, it's money. And if you read through scripture, we don't know how much a talent actually costs. We just know that as you read through scripture, a single talent is worth a very large sum of money. Could be gold, could be silver, whatever it is, it's valuable, it's of precious metal. But I need you to really grab a hold of this with me this morning before we move forward. This parable isn't talking about your money. Should you be a good steward of your money? Absolutely. Like, I'm so grateful that Pastor Mark talked about your treasures last week and I don't have to do it today because everybody knows that everyone loves coming to church and hearing pastors talk about giving their money. So that was on Mark, <laughs> not on me. But even though it's talking about giving your money, yeah, you should be a good steward of it. Invest wisely, spend wisely, save, give generously, uh, follow the uh, principle of the tithe and the blessings that come from it. But that's not what that is focusing on. Are you ready for this? That parable is focusing on what has been given to his servants and if they were being a good steward of it. Stewardship is just a fancy word for taking care of someone else's stuff. We've all been entrusted with something, rather it was from a friend or a family member, or hey, I'm going out of town, can I entrust my dog to you kind of a thing. Like, but God has entrusted you with things specifically for you. 
let me put it to you like this. Parents, raise your hand if you're a parent in the house. Whoop, whoop, parenting. It's hard. Um, did you know that your kids are not your kids? Some of y'all are being so spiritual right now. Yes, all right. But some of y'all are like looking at your spouse like, well, last time I checked they are, unless you got something you want to tell me. But no, you're right in the, in the terms of like, yes, oh, amen. No, really, your heavenly father has entrusted your children to you and your spouse to raise them in the way that he has said in his word, not in the way that the world says or even the way that you want them to go. He's entrusted them to you. Business owners, do you guys believe that your business is really not your business? Your name may be on it. You may have entrepreneured it. You may have planned it. You may have created the logo. Your name is on the, the payroll. You're the person signing the checks. But don't you know that God actually entrusted this business to you so that you could be a good steward of it? So that you could show generosity and um, uh, integrity to the people that you are overseeing and even paying? Everything we have has been given to us by our heavenly father. And I want you to think about this for a second. The word entrusted, the root word there is trust. Someone say trust. God is not gonna give you something if he hasn't trusted you to do it in the first place. He went on a long journey is what the parable says, AKA Jesus is in heaven, he's coming back one day. But while the master was away, he was looking for people to step up to the plate and take care of something that was really precious and valuable to the master. AKA people is the number one thing that God cares about. So how are we taking care of people as people, could we be like the two that invested and made more and did more? Or are we more like the one who is kind of scared and we don't know what to do and we just kind of hide it and bury it all together? Here's something I do want to say is that there is a very big difference in entrusted and entitled. Just because you are a son and daughter of God, and yes, I believe what the Bible says, we have an inheritance in Christ Jesus and everything that God has belongs to us as his children. But there's a big difference of he's entrusting you with something and you thinking you're just entitled to it. God's looking for stewardship. Someone say stewardship. And I wanna take a quick spin on the word talent this morning. Again, we could talk about money, but I don't wanna do that. We're gonna instead talk about your real, actual, physical talents, your giftings, and your abilities this morning. Are you being a good steward of what God has naturally gifted you to do? You might be thinking, PC, I don't have hardly any talent in my body. Like, I just can't sing, I can't write, I can't do this, I can't do that. I'm as useless as a pinky toe, like just can't do it. Can I tell you something about a pinky toe? We've all stubbed our toes before, right? And it hurts. Okay, true story. I had the coolest job when I was in high school. I'm gonna call it what it is. I was babysitting, okay? A brother and sister. Guys, I got paid to eat pizza rolls and play video games all day long and have Pop-Tarts. Like, it was incredible. I got paid to jump on the trampoline with the sprinkler underneath it with these kids. I got paid to take them to the pool. I got paid to take them to the movies and I didn't even have to pay for the movie ticket or the popcorn. Like, this was legit, y'all. And in the process, it's hot outside one day, so we decided to play hide and seek in the house because that's just what a cool babysitter does, right? And we were playing the game to where if you're found, you're not just automatically it. You're only it if you can't run and get to the base. You guys following with me? Well, the base was the sofa in the living room at this time. It's my turn to hide and the kids are trying to find me. And the process of elimination has already begun. The kids have already found all the good hiding places. So there's only one left. I had one left. 
I'm hiding behind the curtains in the boys' room. And as soon as I noticed that uh, the coast was clear, I bolt out of there. I'm running down the hallway. I'm jumping over furniture and I'm gonna make it to this. And just as I'm entering into the living room, the coffee table magically decides to slide its leg out to trip me up. And as I'm running full speed, my foot misses, but my pinky toe grabs it going at full force, going this shy of breaking it. Guys, it was victory meets defeat moment because I'm in the air jumping and I'm going, yeah! And I'm grabbing my toe and I'm in so much pain, it's instantly turning black and blue and purple. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose it. Oh my God, I'm gonna lose it. But the most important thing is that I was safe. The kids did not get me. I'm still undefeated in hide and seek, okay? I'm just saying, still hold the title. But I was thinking I'm literally gonna lose my toe. Luckily, it was just a really bad sprain. But in that process of healing, my mom and some of her girlfriends would be talking and I come to find out women don't really like their pinky toe that much. I don't know if it's because it smells funny, if it's disfigured. I don't know if it's pointing in the different direction of all the other toes, but I come to find out that a lot of women don't like their pinky toe and wish they didn't have one. But can I tell you something about your pinky toe? God uniquely designed something that seems so small and so insignificant to do something incredible. It balances your entire body. If you did not have your pinky toe, you would be stumbling all over the place, probably crawling on your hands and knees to get to the car because you can't walk. You need your pinky toe. So if you're sitting here today saying, PC, I'm as useless as a pinky toe, I don't have a lot of talents, I'm telling you today, don't discredit what God has gifted you with because what you can do can actually benefit a whole body as a whole and the people around you. What God has gifted you with is incredible. I wanna read a scripture to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm gonna read three verses out of this. I'm gonna go to verse 12, I'm gonna jump to verse 18, and then I'm gonna jump all the way back to verse 27, but I'm gonna come back in later and I'm gonna fill in those gaps for you guys. You okay with that? Cool, because I'm gonna do it even if you don't want me to. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, and this is what the apostle Paul is writing. Suppose the foot says, oh, sorry, I jumped too far in my notes here. I knew I did that. Here we go. There is one body, someone say one body but it has many parts, but all its many parts make up, say it again, one body. It's the same with Christ. God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. Verse 27 says, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So I gotta grab something really quick. And while I do, I want you to ask yourself this morning, but don't ask yourself out loud because that might be really weird. What am I good at? What am I naturally gifted at? And eating an entire box of zebra cakes by yourself in one setting does not count as a talent, okay? I did that before. So ask yourself, what am I good at? And while you ask yourself, I want you to say hello to my little friend, Mr. Potato Head for the win. How many guys ever played with Mr. Potato Head before growing up? Toy Story, I think made it popular back in the day. They're a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, hours and hours of play, right? Like, I'm just kidding. It's like, you just interchange the body parts and you're good to go. But I have something that I wanna share with you this morning because as I'm asking you to ask yourself, what are you good at? And if Paul was saying that we are all part of a body, well, then where are you fitting in at? And if you're having a hard time, well, maybe you're just a really good encourager. Maybe you're on speed dial for your family and friends when they're having a hellish of a week and you're the one that's praying over them. You're the one encouraging them. You're the one helping them. Maybe you're like the mouth. You're just a really good encourager. You're a really good communicator. 
Or maybe you're like the arms and you are so hospitable. You, you cook, you clean, you prepare, but more than that, you care so much about them that you embrace them and hug them, even if it's not reciprocated. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You're just all like, I'm so happy to see you when you just saw them 10 minutes at Subway, but now you're in the aisle of Walmart and you're giving them a hug. It doesn't matter if you're at your house, someone else's house, or in a store, you're embracing them. You're kind of like the arms, or maybe you're just a really good listener. And whatever you do, people come to you and they're just like, listen, this is just what's happening in my life and I don't know what to do. And you're just there for them. Or maybe you're kind of like the eyes of the potato head and you just have this natural gifting to walk into a room and you see everything that's been going great, all the details of everything, but you can also see the details of things that need work on. And you're one of those people to you're like, listen, I don't know the solution, but I'm here and I want to be able to help. Maybe you're like the eyes of the potato head. And when you put the potato head together, now it's one body. Everyone say one body. He looks super cool with those glasses and weird mustache, okay? I'm just saying, like, one body. Our church is doing amazing things because of what God is doing in this place, amen? So much things have been happening. Community of Hope's being built, 3,500 people pinged. Is that what you said? Like, we're really reaching our community but let me ask you something, as the church continues to grow, as our church continues to gain influence in our community and beyond, how can we be expected as a body of Christ to serve those outside of these four walls if we don't first and foremost serve those within these four walls? I know that sounds kind of backwards in an evangelistic mindset, but I'm gonna say it again because I want you to think about this, okay? How can we as a church be, accept, be expected to serve people outside these four walls and point them to Jesus like we should as the church if we're not first and foremost willing to serve the body of believers right here within these four walls? And if you're still not trekking with me, I didn't write this, it's in the Bible. Galatians chapter six, verse 10 says this. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says this, each of you, someone say, that's me. Each of you should use whatever gift, whatever talent, whatever ability you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. You guys remember how I said I was gonna uh, paint a picture for you then come back in and fill in the gaps for you? It's time to fill in those gaps. It's the verse I kind of jumped ahead to a moment ago. First Corinthians chapter 12, but now we're gonna start in verse 15 and we're gonna read all the way to verse 20 together because I wanna fill in something for you. Paul is painting this picture to the church that we are one body, Christ is the head of this church and every part of this body needs to function together. But this is what he says in verse 15. Suppose the foot says, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. But by saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. And suppose the ear says, well, I'm not an eyeball, so I guess I don't belong to the church body. But by saying this, it can't stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. And if all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only, say it with me again, one body. See, Dream City, if we try to take the natural giftings and abilities that God has given us 
And instead of naturally fitting in where God has called us, we try to force ourselves into a different position. Well, then things start to go a little wrong. Maybe instead of hearing everybody, you're deciding it's my turn to talk. I've been hearing so many people like, I need to get on that worship team. I need to sing. People need to hear me. And instead it gets a little discombobulated. Or maybe instead of being that person who's so hospitable and doing things for other people and and always embracing them, you're like, you know what, screw it. I'm tired of doing everything. I just wanna just look around. I wanna see what needs to be done. And I wanna supervise. That's what I wanna do. It's my time to just supervise. But as you can tell, the more you start misplacing the body parts, the more grotesque, the more unnatural this looks. And Paul is saying that there are so many of us who, as followers of Jesus, try so hard to place ourselves in other parts of the body of Christ because we want to be there. We want to be there. We want to be heard. We want to be seen. We want to do this. And I just have to give a quick real shout out to our Keepers of the House team who clean this church every single week and save the church hundreds, if not thousands of dollars every single month by cleaning this facility. They're never seen, they're never heard. Can we please give it up for those who are part of our cleaning team? God places pastors and leaders over our lives for a reason, to shepherd us, to point us in the right direction, amen? But even if you are a Swiss army knife of an individual and you hold all these multiple talents and abilities, there's a time and a place for everything. Just because you are naturally gifted at singing doesn't mean you have to be on the worship team right now. Maybe God's just kind of asking you to help instead sing with the little ones in their worship service while you're helping take care of the little ones so that other families can come to church. I'm just using this as an example for you because so many times we try to fit ourselves in other places. And pastors and leaders God puts in our lives because they may be calling a talent or gifting out of you that you didn't even know existed. And to bring that point really home for you, can I be honest with you really fast? Um, I never wanted to be a kid's pastor ever. I went to three years of Bible college in Dallas through worship and technical arts. That's where I met my wife, Melody. And together we learned how to write songs, compose songs, mix songs, release songs, how to uh, do stuff on the soundboard, how to be part of a live worship team, how to sing better, how to do uh, music theory, all this stuff. And there's so much that goes into leading people into the presence of God in worship. It's not just pick a few songs because you think you're gonna sound good singing it, guys. There's a lot of prayer. There's a lot of intentionality. There's a lot of things that go into it. And this is what I was used to. And during that time of Bible college, we were required to have so many hours logged of being on a worship team at a church or at least in the sound booth in the back, mixing and doing a few things. Well, Melody and I were on the stage helping lead worship. But you know what? Every single time I was done helping lead worship, I was always finding myself back in the kids' rooms. I was never asked to, I wasn't trained, no one put me on a schedule to be a volunteer. I just found myself there. This has been like this my whole life, to be honest with you. Anytime I went to a park, anytime I went anywhere, like when I was babysitting those two kids and I would take them to the park, man, we're playing tag and we're running all over the place. And the next thing I know, I got 15 other kids who are in on this. Like people are like, Chris, you're like the freaking Pied Piper of kids, man. Like they just follow you. And I'm all like, that's not natural. Like what? Like I don't, like you don't, they don't follow you? Like I don't understand. And to tell you even more how weird it was for me, 
is that during this time, I'm working as a full-time security officer in downtown Dallas and it's late at night and I'm able to sit back and kind of watch a movie on my old iPod classic. I'm kind of dating myself right now, okay? <laughs> and the movie that a very young, handsome college-age student wants to watch is not something with explosions and action. I pick the brand new release Dr. Seuss movie, Horton Hears a Who. That's what I'm watching. And I'm not just watching it to enjoy it, I'm watching it and I can't help but like get at my computer and I'm starting to type Bible verses and scriptures. If you haven't seen the movie, it's all about this elephant who hears these people on this invisible like dot on a flower. And it just reminded me that God is invisible, but that doesn't mean he's not there. And if you're listening carefully, you can hear him and listen to me. This is the kid's pastor coming out on me. But I'm writing this message and I give it to our leadership at the church we're interning at. And I'm like, hey, here you go. I don't know if you can use this or not. This movie came out recently, the kids are talking about it and he looks at me and he's like this is not normal Chris this is very weird and I'm like it is I'm sorry and he's like have you ever considered being a kids pastor I'm like <laughs> no I'm a worship leader bro skinny jeans tight jacket for the win man like I am a worship leader but then I prayed about it for a while and it was one of the best decisions I could have ever made because for over 13 years now I've been able to minister to kids and families and point them to Jesus through kids camps and church services and uh, through books and illustrations and videos. And it's been one of the best decisions I could have ever made. But to be honest, I never even knew it was in me. And sometimes your leadership is calling things out of you you didn't even know existed. If you were to ask my leadership team in Kid Nation right now, nine of them out of 10 of them would absolutely probably tell you, I never thought I'd be up here teaching a lesson. I never thought I'd be leading a game. I never thought, because I saw something in them that someone once saw in me. And now I can step away from Kid Nation and these guys are killing it without me. And it's kind of hurtful, but also good at the same time. Like it's awesome. They're doing great. But all I'm saying is that God is looking for someone to just say, God, here I am, use me. It doesn't matter if it's cleaning toilets. It doesn't matter if it's opening doors for people. God, I don't know what you wanna do with my life right now. I've got so many talents and I don't know where I should fit in, but I'm just saying, God, here I am, use me. Ephesians chapter four, verse 16 says this, he, which is God, makes the whole body grow and build itself up in love. Under the control of Christ, each part of the body does its work. It supports the other parts. And in that way, the body is joined and held together. So if we believe what the Bible says and we believe what Paul is mentioning here in this metaphor of the church as a body and each of us are a certain part that we have to play and when we don't, we kind of become this dysfunctional body that really can't do much of anything. If we really believe that about ourselves, then ask yourself this question, what part are you playing? What part are you connected to right now within our local church? And, and if you're visiting or you're watching online and you don't attend Dream City, what part are you playing in your local church? Because it's so important that we are serving each other to reach people for Jesus in here in order for us to function healthy out there. There's a part of the Mr. Potato Head that nobody ever talks about, like ever. It's not an accessory. It's not something that's interchangeable. It's not very pretty either, and we all have one. It's the butt. Look, it even has a crack down it. <laughs> and this potato head's got some junk in his trunk, man, like Sam's Club for the win. When I uh, was getting ready to deliver this message almost 
four or five years ago, and I had this idea of that potato head just for an illustration. Um, I literally, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this and I don't do this, so I hope you hear me. But I literally had a dream and God woke me up about the potato head butt. Yeah, God has a sense of humor, man. Like this was a butt inspired dream. <laughs> and I woke up and I asked my wife, Melody, what, can you tell me what the butt of the potato head is good for? And she said, to sit on. No, Melody, he's got legs. He stands all the time. He's a potato head. What's it good for? Well, you open it up and it's good for taking perfectly functional parts of the body and you just uh, store it away. So no one can see it. No one knows it's there. But unfortunately, churches across the nation are faced with butts. They're faced with people who come in week after week. God has gifted them with talents and abilities and they store them up. And just like that third servant in that parable Jesus talked about, they buried aside and they sit. It's a nice service. Oh, it's cool. Great worship. Great word, Pastor Mark. Boomer sooner. And then you go up and you go out and you're greeting people and you're having fun. And next week you just take all those talents and giftings and abilities God's given you and you just come and you just sit in service all over again. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a butt. Turn to your other neighbor and say, seriously, don't be a butt. And if you said the three letter acronym for that, leave me out of it. That's between you and your neighbor. But I heard something as I was growing up in church ministry and it really still rings true today. And it's this, if the pastor called all the volunteers together for a meeting, I'm not talking about a church-wide meeting, I'm, about, I'm talking about people who are plugged in, they're part of the body and they come together for a meeting. And Pastor Mark says, peace, I'm done, not doing this guys, I'm done with this whole pastor thing, I'm, my, my family and I are moving to the Bahamas, we're done. It would be really hard and it would be a, a detrimental impact to the church body, but can I tell you something? The church would still continue. The church would heal, the church would grow. Why? Because the volunteers are plugged into the places they need to be plugged into for the ministry of the gospel of Jesus. But the opposite of that is also true. If Pastor Mark called a meeting of all the volunteers, we come together and all the volunteers look at the entire body was disconnected. Every member matters. And I'm not talking about members of a church. I'm talking about you, where you fit into the body of Christ. Every member matters. Let me ask you a quick question as I get ready to wrap up. Where does salvation start for an individual who comes to the church for the first time? Where does salvation start? You could probably say salvation probably starts when they come in and they, they worship, they sit down and they hear a great message from one of the greatest pastors on earth, Pastor Mark Kennan. And, and they hear this cute background music flowing in, which means that you're gonna make it in time to have lunch and beat the Baptist to the buffet. And, you, and, and then Pastor Mark says, if, if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, would you just lift up your hand and hands going up all over the place and yay, thank you Jesus, everyone. And that's not where salvation starts, friends. Are you ready? Salvation starts, and let's use this example, the single mom who is struggling and she's got her three kids. She's coming to church and it's pouring cats and dogs outside. And our amazing greeter team isn't just uh, 
staring at her through the door, like, I hope she makes it. But instead they grab an umbrella and they hurry out and they help her and her kids inside. And then once inside, you got someone who's as giddy and as crazy as my wife, Melody, who's never seen you in your life, but will absolutely hug your neck off and be like, oh my gosh, welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. And they're probably all like, oh my God. But you're making them feel so warm and welcome and, and you're able to talk to them, get to know their kids. And instead of pointing them, kids go that way, you're escorting them and you're helping them get introduced to their teachers because this is their first time and the kids are nervous. And man, they, get, they even make it over to the cafe where there's, where there's free donuts and some, some uh, fruit and some coffee and they're able to feel like they're welcome there. And man, what you don't even realize is that she just kind of lost her job and she didn't even have money to feed the kids breakfast this morning. So a small little snack was just the tip of the cherry there. And all of this stuff is working together. And then she finally makes it to where she can come into the worship center and the lights go down and she breathes a sigh of relief as the worship team is coming up, not because music's starting, but because her kids are not attached to her hip anymore. And she can finally focus and through the worship and through the message, she hears an incredible message on forgiveness and how we need to forgive others because Christ has forgiven us. And in that moment, she decides to completely release bitterness and unforgiveness that she had to her ex-husband who cheated on her and walked out on her just two months before. And in that moment, she says, God, if this is real, I I invite you into my life so that I can make a difference. This is where her spiritual journey begins, but that's not where salvation started. Salvation started when she pulled up into the parking lot at our church and the body of Christ was functioning in a healthy way to be able to point her to, 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 to Jesus and walls were able to come down every single time when she felt welcomed. I can't tell you guys how many numerous occasions we get first time visitors saying that they felt more welcomed, more encouraged, more at home than when they visit this church. It's not because of Pastor Mark, I love you. And it's not because of me, it's because of you guys. It's because of you guys. We can't do what we do without you. So if you're thinking to yourself, Pastor Chris, I know I got, I, I got talents, I got abilities. Where can I get plugged in? If we're going to continue to grow as a church, man, we've got to focus on right here, the needs right here. And I promise you, this isn't a message that was geared to something that you're about to hear, but it works so good with it. Um, I work in Kid Nation, which is the first through six, and we're over a hundred kids every single weekend. And we are busting at the seams. And finally, because of our amazing leadership team, I'm able to break away. And, and starting in January, we are opening up a brand new ministry for our fifth and sixth graders only. Yeah, it's gonna be called Kid 56. And as exciting as that sounds, your boy's really nervous because that means we're starting from scratch with volunteers in that one single room alone in order to make it work in a healthy way where only someone serves one Sunday a month through a whole month, we need 25 to 36 volunteers in that room, starting in January. Um, not only that, our kid uh, Haven area, which is our special needs area. Um, yeah, I went uh, to our, our, our kid Haven director and I called her up the other day and I said, how's everything going? She goes, it's going wonderful. How many, how many families are we serving as a church for kids with special needs? She says, we're serving over 10 different families, if not more of kids who come in here and we only have it open at the 11 o'clock service. I'm like, wow, well, that room is kind of small. So when you get kids in there and you get a bunch of volunteers in there, uh, is it tight in there? She goes, yeah. 
I said, so when are we gonna open it up to two services? And she said, starting in January or February, we've gotta launch this to where we can serve more families. But with that comes new volunteers. And if Dream City Kids area is not for you, Pastor Blake's gonna throw up a QR code on the screen. And in this your QR code and in Church Center app, you can actually scroll through all the various places. You can actually take the talents and giftings and abilities that God has given you and get plugged into the body of Christ. And you will be connected with one of our pastors, one of our, one of our amazing team leaders. But listen, just because you signed up for something, doesn't mean that's where God wants to use you right now. It might be, man, do it. You never know. But one of your leaders might be calling something else out of you that you didn't even know was there yet. Don't be scared. Invest into the body of Christ and don't be a butt. Just don't be a butt. Because so many churches have those, but may it never be said of Dream City McAllister that we're a place filled with butts. No, we're, we're a place filled with healthy people who are making a difference in this community. Amen. I wanna close with this. Pastor Mark has this phrase that he says constantly to our, our church leadership, to our volunteer leadership. And he says this, he says, what you are part of is greater than the part that you play. What you are part of is greater than the part that you play. But I wanna take it one step further this morning is that the part that you do play no matter how small or insignificant or behind the scenes it may seem, the part that you play tells everybody else what you are part of. What are you part of? I'm part of the body of Christ, baby. And we are one body and everybody serves at Dream City. So can I pray a blessing over you this morning as you guys dismiss today? Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are your people. Lord, we are a diverse group of people with talents ranging from way up high to what we may say is way down low. But Lord, I thank you that you have given us these talents, these abilities, these giftings. Help us to be good stewards of them. Lord, help us to plug in and connect to this body right here so we can make a greater impact on this community and even further than that. And Lord, just as we eat healthy and exercise to lose weight and get in shape, the moment we say, I've arrived at my goal weight, now I'm just gonna eat and do whatever I want to, is the moment we start going backwards and we find ourselves in the same situation all over again. God, I thank you that Dream City is not moving backwards. We are a church that is moving forward because we are following you. God, I pray you bless every single one of these volunteers, every single one of these individuals. Lord, as they get connected, help them to find a place that you have them specifically destined for to make a difference as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. Scan that QR code, check the Church Center app. I love you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday evening. God bless you.